Welcome to Catholics Across the Isle, the podcast of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops, offering commentary on public policy and civic life. This is Michael Sheedy, Executive Director of the Conference. Hello, I'm Michael Sheedy, Executive Director at the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops. Thank you for joining us today for another episode of Catholics Across the Isle, a con- the podcast of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops. Uh, today, I'm joined by Michelle Taylor, Associate Director for Communications here, uh, as we prepare to talk about one of the important uh, election resources that we've developed here at the conference, uh, our 2022 Voters Guide. So, Michelle, thank you for joining today. Thank you, Michael. Um, I'm happy to be here. Listeners need to know that uh, you had a big hand in getting this thing polished up and in its final form. Uh, thank you for that. And um, looking forward to our discussion today. Oh, you're welcome. It was definitely a team effort by um, our staff here at the conference. Yeah. Well, hey, when it comes to voting and voter guides and election resources that uh, the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops is nonpartisan, uh, we do not endorse candidates. Uh, bishops do not really tell people for whom to vote. Uh, I know that some people think that they do or they should, but uh, for lots of reasons, that's not what, what happens through the bishops' conference with respect to elections and voting. Uh, but they do seek to help people to form their consciences and to also be more aware and better informed about the positions of candidates and the issues that confront our society. So hopefully, uh, this voter guide helps to meet that need and to fulfill that mission. It's a good tool. And folks are able to find this on our website. The website of the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops is www.flaccb.org. So three-letter Florida Conference Catholic Bishops.org. Um, they can find this resource prominently displayed uh, on our website. So this year, uh, in this election cycle, we've developed this voter guide. It's a, a new tool that we've developed. It's the first time we've done this kind of thing. A lot of uh, listeners may be aware of something we've done in the past, a candidate questionnaire project. This thing is a bit different. Um, It provides an overview to the concerns of the church in various areas, and then it lays out some questions that uh, conscientious voters can ask of candidates to determine uh, where they are on issues that are confronting uh, our state and our nation. So it's a great tool, we hope. Um, And it's going to be pertinent because what, Michelle, we've got a lot of open races uh, still to be decided this year. One of our two U.S. Senate seats is open. Uh, Val Demings is challenging Marco Rubio. Uh, All of our 28 uh, seats in Congress are also open. Uh, The governor's race is happening this year. Uh, Charlie Crist and Ron DeSantis are squaring off. All 40 uh, Florida Senate seats are open. And all 100 seats in the State House of Representatives are also open. Now, a lot of those have been decided already, right? That's right. Um, Several candidates um, already won their races with no opposition. Um, And that either happened uh, at the very beginning uh, after they qualified or um, after the primary election. So some of the seats have already been decided at this point. But there are plenty of races that are still open. And a list of all the candidates can be found on the website of the either the Florida Division of Elections or um, our listeners can also look at their county supervisor of election websites. Good stuff for people to know. I mean, 
A lot of times it's challenging to get through these websites, but they really do provide really good information. It's honest. It's straightforward. Um, people will get a good sense for what's happening by, by looking at that. So, Michelle, um, you know, we do talk about a range of issues here. It's really important for us Catholics to be committed to a wide to, to the many needs uh, confronting our society to address them. Um, and when it comes to voting and considering how to vote, we want to weigh things according to their moral importance. But um, why don't we just start by discussing some of the content, what the issues are that we're kind of expounding upon and areas to, for folks to look at. And I know the first of those, um, really like the first theme of Catholic social teaching and so much of what we teach hinges upon the human on human life and dignity. So why don't we start there? Okay, great. Um, yeah, as we know from conception to natural death, the sanctity and dignity of all human life must be recognized and protected. Beginning with the unborn child in the womb, the threat of abortion has been and remains a preeminent concern for the bishops. Uh, in this, now that we're in this post-Roe world, uh, we look for a time when all children are protected in law and welcomed in love. And this includes promoting policies that enact further limits on abortion, as well as those that provide assistance to expectant mothers and families. Um, and then other threats to human life and dignity, which are also of concern, include such things as racism, gun violence, human trafficking, physician-assisted suicide, uh, and the death penalty. And, you know, Michael, sometimes we find at a given time that it's not possible to fully protect human life and law, uh, whether it's the political climate or perhaps rulings by the courts. Um, but when this is the case, it, it is legitimate and proper to support proposals aimed at limiting the harm that's done by our current laws to human life and dignity. Yeah, well, I, I just will tell you, I mean, it is pretty exciting, isn't it, Michelle, that after the Dobbs ruling that states do have the ability to really place much stricter limits on abortion. And we'll keep working, as you say, to ensure that all children are protected in law and welcomed in love. So. It's going to be really important on uh, this next um, term for the legislature and for Congress. So we'll see where things go that way. I will say to Michelle, you know, we live at a time when many people are migrating. Uh, immigration is certainly a concern. It's something on the minds of voters. Uh, it moves a lot of voters. I think uh, people are aware that, you know, there are a lot of reasons that people have to flee their homes, uh, war, dire poverty unjust governments, uh, lawlessness, gang violence, you know, there are all kinds of reasons why people find themselves having to make the desperate attempt to to leave their homes and to uh, find safety or a better life. The bishops of the United States have long called for comprehensive immigration reform at the federal level. You know, both parties have good uh, contributions to make in this area. Both parties share some blame, I think, in not having addressed uh, this issue so far. Um, but we really need to come together recognizing the plight of the people who are at risk, who've been harmed, who would prefer not to have to migrate, but must migrate. So we really outline that in the voter guide. And um, we ask folks primarily if they can, if they're committed to taking federal action uh, to address our broken immigration system, because we really, we need, we need labor. Wow. People need safe places to go. We want to keep families together. Uh, there are so many components to immigration that really require federal action. You know, otherwise we have what 
uh, a patchwork, right, Michelle, of, uh, of policies that the courts don't seem to really tolerate very well, and that really don't help to address the problem that confronts us. And I would say that this is a really hot issue this year, uh, this cycle, um, because of the great challenges that we have at the border and the huge number of people who are migrating around the world. So it's a big issue. I'm glad we've got it in the voter guide. Uh, hopefully people can learn a little bit more from it and other resources the bishops provide. Now, uh, in our voter guide, we also lay out a little bit of background on justice system reform. I think um, policymakers and society are learning that really we want to be just smart on crime rather than just being tough on crime. You know, we have a Florida Department of Corrections, not a Department of Punishment. And we want our policies to reflect that kind of thing uh, that encourage rehabilitation over retribution. They give people a better chance that when they've served their, their time incarcer in incarceration, that uh, they're able to be uh, productive members of society. So, um, you know, where do candidates stand on a range of issues like sentencing guidelines? Um, you know, that would probably better reflect um, someone's threat level rather than just a mandatory minimum sentence. So there are a range of things to be looking at, but we, I'm glad that we raised concerns about justice system reform in the document. Great. Uh, thank you, Michael. Mm -hmm. And our next issue in the guide is education. Uh, parents are the first and primary educators of their children and should have the ability to choose the best educational setting for their children. Uh, in Florida, mm -hmm. We have a robust system of school choice, perhaps one of the best in the country, and our elected officials have a duty to not just preserve the system, but also expand it. It's also important for lawmakers to support policies that improve our public education system where so many Catholic youth are educated. Uh, and this includes ensuring the protection of parental rights. Uh, this is an important issue here in our state, and we wanna make sure that parents' rights uh, for those families that children attending public school are protected. Yeah, you, you said at the beginning, Michelle, I mean, parents are the first and primary educators of their kids. And, uh, you know, they need to be involved and, and active in uh, the education of their children. So hope their policies will reflect that and allow greater involvement in, as we go forward. Um, Michelle, the voter guide also talks about labor and the economy. You know, um, we've got high levels of employment right now. A lot of open jobs. The economy is moving, but you know things are things are challenging still. And so we do ask um, to people. We ask people to consider how candidates for office will support policies that improve economic conditions here in Florida and across our country. Um, you know, we want to be sure that you know the milieu in which people are working and living. Are, are healthy too. Like, do candidates support policies that make sure people have got access to really basic needs like affordable housing, um, which we know is a challenge here in Florida. Um, also education, uh, which we're doing a great job with in a lot of ways here in Florida, but we can still do better. And also healthcare. You know, we want to make sure people have adequate access to healthcare. We'll talk more about that, I think, in another topic here. But um, those all fit into labor and economy. Obviously, by the way, I should just plug healthcare. Um, it's it's a big sector in our economy as well. They've had to do a lot of work uh, through the pandemic and then trying to recover from uh, the spread of COVID nineteen. All right. So, following labor and the economy, you know, we do highlight uh, the importance of religious liberty and some of the challenges to religious liberty 
uh, in the policy square. I think a lot of listeners probably do know that our U.S. Constitution does not allow the state to have its own separate kind of religion, a state religion. However, at the same time, the Constitution does not require that people who are religious cannot be involved in the public square. Um, And so we want to make sure that religious persons have the ability to participate um, as individuals, as organizations, you know, in in programs and in different professions in a way that allows them to maintain integrity with respect to their deeply held beliefs. And we're seeing challenges to those uh, with respect to, say, human life, the importance of human life and challenges to abortion, conscience protection. Uh, so people don't have to participate in an abortion. Also to people's understandings of marriage, um, sex and sexuality, so-called uh, gender identity kind of questions. We're seeing people being pushed to do things in a way that that really dramatically differs from the way that they think is a good way to serve a person. And, and so we want to make sure that Catholics are aware of these challenges and also can ask candidates where they stand with respect to a lot of these issues. So religious liberty is a growing uh, area of concern and importance uh, going forward. And now, Michelle, I know this next one is one that you care about, uh, children and families. Children and families, sure. Um, You know, we've heard from JP2 that as the family goes, so goes the nation. And so goes the whole world in which we live. Um, and this this is just so true. Our strong communities are only formed when stable and loving families are supported and encouraged. And you know, our public officials can support marriages and families through their positions and their, their public policies. Uh, and this includes policies that acknowledge the reality of biological sex and promote a holistic and proper understanding of the human person, as well as those that recognize marriage as, you know, the institution, really the only institution that brings together a man and a woman, a husband and a wife and their children. Yeah. I know people, you know, since Obergefell ruling at the U.S. Supreme Court um, maybe six years ago, um, that's been sort of redefined in a very narrow 5-4 decision. But I think we have to keep, keep alive the concern that really at a, at a deep level, marriage really is between a man and woman and any children that are born in their union. So um, we're glad to raise that issue, highlight that in the voter guide as well. Now, <clears throat> Michelle, you know, my, you know, as a former health associate here, um, health care is one of the one of the areas that we focus on in the voter guide as well. You know, the church considers this a healing ministry that's really been central to the church, you know, for millennia. And it's taken on different forms at different times, and it's certainly an important form. Uh, right now, we're pleased that we get to collaborate with health ministries and uh, their leaders in the po- in the policy square, uh, also to look out for their interests as well. But they're great partners. But we do want to know um, how candidates um, seek to promote access to health care for folks who have got low or moderate incomes, you know, the, the poor have traditionally or typically less access to care than than they need. And so we want to see how candidates can do that. Also, um, how where do candidates stand with respect to healthcare conscience rights? You know, I mentioned earlier on the religious liberty discussion that, you know, there are there is increasing pressure on healthcare workers, healthcare professionals to intervene in people's lives and in ways that are that violate their consciences, that are things that they believe are wrong, like participating in abortion or um, 
you know, participating in some kind of mutilating surgery because they have some, there is some kind of misguided notion uh, about one's sexuality. And so um, where do people stand with respect to healthcare conscience rights as well? Okay. And then we wrap up our guide with care for creation. Um, you know, you can't uh, think of Florida and not think of um, our beautiful beaches, our natural springs, the iconic Everglades. Uh, these all reflect the beauty of God's creation, um, and they also represent vital economic resources for our state. Uh, so threats to these natural resources, such as pollution and overdevelopment, as well as uh, sea level rise, they threaten the well-being of all Floridians, um, protect, uh, particularly um, have great impacts on the poor. Elected officials are called to support policies that will protect our natural environment and promote all human flourishing. That's to be sure. So, Michelle, just for folks to get into recap, we talk about human life and dignity, immigration, justice reform, education, labor and the economy, religious liberty, children and families, health care and care for creation. A pretty good range of issues, you know. Um, I think it's helpful to remind folks that as we approach this next election, that, uh, you know, it's good to form our consciences all the time and to become informed voters. So hopefully this tool will be helpful in that process. And I think it's also um, important to remind our listeners that the guide can be found on our website, um, as well as uh, other election resources at www.flaccb.org. All right. Good reminder, Michelle. Thanks for that. Um, And again, the Florida Conference of Catholic Bishops is a nonpartisan uh, organization. We do not endorse candidates. Uh, bishops do not tell people for whom to vote. And um, I hope that's a good, helpful reminder for folks but to go out and become educated on the positions of candidates and, and make good, prudent decisions So uh, to promote the common good. So, Michelle, thanks for the conversation today. Thank you, all the staff here, for the good work in creating our 2022 Voter Guide folks will find it really helpful. Um, again, that's on our website, www.flaccb.org.